Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I am super excited to be here with you today. Not just regular excited, but super excited. <sighs> I missed you. You know, it's, it's really hard with this latest um, schedule that I'm rocking here. You know, the weekends, my weekends of Saturday and, well, your weekend of Saturday and Sunday, which is actually my Thursday and Friday, really, really busy. And so, I mean, I've got just a lot of appointments and I've got this these workshops that I, I teach and and it's just, it's really, really busy. So, um, so forgive me, please, but it's really hard for me to record um, these podcast episodes on Saturdays and Sundays which makes it all the more exciting when I get here on Wednesday. <laughs> Even though this week has only been one day, right? Because I, I did record an, uh, an episode on uh, Monday for Valentine's Day. Uh, but I still miss you so much. So I'm really excited to be back here with you. So uh, by the way, I did get some messages from y'all about that Valentine's um, uh, little video. I'm glad that it resonated with some of you. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I appreciate your feedback as always. Which reminds me, speaking of feedback, <laughs> let me know how this picture looks, okay? Because on my computer screen, the funny thing is that I, I sit in this exact spot <laughs> with this exact lighting and I do a TikTok video using my phone, right? Which goes on TikTok and also on Instagram and then on Facebook through Instagram. It's like three-way <laughs> funnel there, I guess. Um but on my phone, it looks so nice. It's like, you know, the, the image just looks real, like it's the color and the, the clarity, it looks great. But on this computer, it looks not so great. And so I don't know if it's just the computer monitor or if it's coming across that way, but please do let me know if there's something objectionable about the video quality here, um, please, okay? All right, cool. So today I wanted to kind of go back to uh, to some basics here, and I wanted to talk about um, a couple of things. Like number one, I want to talk about what mindfulness and meditation does for us. Okay, I know that's like, come on, you're not going to cover that in one little segment, of course, not even if it's a 30-minute segment. And no, I'm not looking to cover every single benefit of mindfulness or meditation because that would take literally hours and hours and hours, right? What I want to talk about is one of my very favorite metaphors, and for some reason this popped into my mind last night. I don't remember. Oh, I think it was because I shared a meme on Facebook uh, uh, by Alan Watts, and it's um, the meme is you know it's a cartoon of Alan you know sitting there with a, a, a glass full of water, right, and presumably muddy water, because the the quote above this cartoon drawing is, um, the best way to settle muddy water is to leave it be, something like that, the way Alan Watts talks, right? But And that reminded me of one of my very favorite metaphors when, when describing mindfulness. This is the one thing that I heard when I first started practicing mindfulness myself, and my oh my, did it really make an impression on me. So I hope it makes an impression on you as well, because this is really, really helpful. Okay, so if you take a snow globe, I think they're called snow globes, right? Snow dome, snow globe, because they're not usually in the globe anymore. It's usually just this sort of half, like quarter sphere of something. 
some kind. But anyway, you, pay, you go to the gift shop. Like if you went to the you know New York for vacation and you went to the Statue of Liberty, which you should definitely do if you go to New York. It's the the most touristy thing any New Yorker will tell you. You know that they'll never go. They did when they were kids, but they'll tell you they won't go because it's so touristy. But if you go to New York City, you gotta go to the Statue of Liberty. You also gotta go on the top of the Empire Staple. You just gotta do those things. Let me know if you want more tips, but you gotta do those two things. <laughs> but imagine you're there in the gift shop of the Statue of Liberty, right? And there's a snow globe on the on the on the shelf there, right? And so you, everybody does the same thing, right? You pick it up and you shake it, right? And then you watch all those little plastic white flakes and flecks just swirling around there inside the snow globe, right? And and it's not like it completely blocks what you're what's in there, right? Like you can still see that there's a scene in there, right? You can see that there's you can see the green of the statue, but you can't see what the statue is, right? You see that there's you know all different colors and textures and you know objects in there, but you just can't see them clearly right? That's what it looks like to experience a snow globe, right? So now, if you walk around that snow globe and continue to shake it with your movements or just stand there shaking it with your just agitation, the snow is just going to keep swirling and swirling and swirling. And, and it's you're never going to be able to see that representation that's inside the, the thing, right? You're never going to see the scene, not clearly anyway. Right enough to say, yeah, it's it's New York. I went to New York. You see this? It's New York. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. Oh yeah, I see the Statue of Liberty in there, but you can't see it clearly, right? And so it's only when you take that snow globe and you set it down somewhere, right on a table or on a counter, or back on the shelf in the gift shop, because you realize you're not paying twelve dollars for a silly snow globe. I don't know that that's how much they cost, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, <clears throat> And, and it's only when you put that snow globe down that all those white flakes, you know, they stop swirling and they start settling down, right? Gravity allows them to just gently settle on the bottom of the snow globe. And that's when the clarity and the vivid view of this scene inside emerges. That's when you can see it clearly. So when we're walking around all day <laughs> and we're overthinking things and we're worrying about things that are coming up and we're replaying conversations in our mind or we're rehearsing conversations yet to happen in our mind and we're, you know, we're, we're judging things and we're, you know, wishing things were different from how they are and we're wringing our hands at how frustrating things can be sometimes in life and all of these things are true, right? But when we're doing that all day, that's the snow, right? That's that that swirling, you know, whiteout kind of uh, uh, conditions. They're happening inside our mind. You can look at it as like a bunch of snow in your in your skull, if you want. I mean, it's not really how it happens, but it's it's more virtual than that, right? But that's the effect. Right, All those thoughts, all those judgments, all those frustrations, all that clinging, all that aversion, all that delusion, what it does is it creates that, that, that interference, that static. And so it's when we allow ourselves, just like a snow globe or just like a, a bucket or a glass of, of muddy water, when we allow ourselves to just sit 
idly, just like the snow globe, just like the bucket of muddy water, we just put it down and let it sit there, right? Don't disturb it for a little while. <clears throat> when we do that, all of those thoughts, all of those judgments, all of that static, that swirling mass of, of, of really confusing stuff, it settles down. And, and in the absence of all that, what emerges is a more clear view of ourselves. Not, not just ourselves of like, hey, who am I? What am I all about? But, but like, what's going on in me right now? And it leads to the other thing, too. You, you lead to like self-discovery and, and, and a deeper understanding of yourself. But, but what happens first and what is really most important is that it allows you to, this vividness, this, this high-definition view that you now have through, through just sitting for a few minutes, right? It allows for you to be more optimized in everything you do, okay? And there's a reason I bring that up. <laughs> because most of us in our Western world, I'm not talking to all my European friends and South American friends who are listening to this, but I'm, America, I'm looking at you. <laughs> to sit idly? I mean, true. I mean, this ties into my personal trauma, so I can't speak for everyone out there, but I think it's safe to say that our culture and our society in America and in the West does not really lend itself to the acceptance of just sitting down idly and doing nothing. <laughs> In fact, I would imagine that even if you don't have the trauma that I have, I mean, my father literally called me stupid for doing exactly that. But, um, but, but you know, I'd imagine if you don't have my trauma, if we're just sitting there doing nothing, sometimes we might feel like, wow, this feels lazy. This feels wrong. This feels bad. And so it is with that thought in mind that I have a suggestion for you. Because the thing is that it really does matter. Like, like doing this practice really does make such a significant and deep impact on the way we're able to function, right? Because you got to remember, as I tell my clients all the time, I remind people all the time, like a broken record Everything happens right now. Everything, 100% of it happens right now. So the best thing any of us can do, the most optimizing thing, the most, you know, auspicious and, and advantageous thing that we can do for ourselves and for our functioning in the present moment, which is to say the functioning of our lives, the functioning of all of our relationships, the functioning of our jobs, our careers, everything, is to gain that clarity. And so I think what happens with a lot of folks out there, when I, especially people whom I'm lucky enough to teach this work to, right, it's almost like there's this sense like, well, the practice is just sort of extra, <laughs> you know, as long as I show up every week and I talk to art, I feel so much better afterwards and, and, and I, things make sense and I, you know, everything's going forward and it's all good, right? 
And I think that's tied into this sense that, you know, you know, <laughs> this, this little practice that you're trying to do, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's cute and everything, but I got work to do. You know, I got things that got to get done over here. And I think that's kind of the mindset that comes in that, that, that really is the thing that blocks most people from actually doing the practice that can really, and again, really bring some big, big changes to your life. I mean, there's no denying the level of benefit that we get from this work. I mean, there's so much science out there now, it's just silly. I mean, you know, 10 years ago when I was first getting into this, you had to kind of poke around to find some of the science, but now it's like, you know, a simple Google search, you'll get a hundred different examples, like boom, 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 boom. And there's a reason why it's been studied this much. Because it really does work, you know, because in this connecting into our experience, what we're also doing is we're, we're reducing our stress, we're reducing our anxiety, we're reducing the things that make us feel depression. And, and our body is going to respond chemically and electrically. It really does happen. So here's something that might be helpful for you. Okay. Instead of looking at meditation as, as I think a lot of people do look at it as some kind of like self-indulgent, you know, sort of, um, almost an opportunity for laziness or procrastination or something like that, right? That's where it kind of comes in, I think. So instead of looking at it as something that's self-indulgent, looking at, look at it as something that's a little difficult, but I gotta do it right? The same thing that drives you to, you know, do anything that is beneficial to you, including eating and sleeping, right? Like how many times have you said like, oh gosh, it, I wish I didn't have to stop to eat right now because I'm so in the moment here, right? But you know that if you don't stop to eat or maybe you didn't stop to eat and then an hour later, you're feeling like you're going to faint, <clears throat> right? So we know we got to do it, right? Doesn't mean we all do it, <laughs> We don't mean we all drink the right amount of water. We all get the right amount of sleep. We all do the right amount of exercise. But we know that it's good for us. And we know we're supposed to do it for our health and our benefit, right? So think of meditation in that sort of family of things in your life, right? But think of it as something that is, you know, it's the easiest one of all of those, right? It's easier to sit down for five minutes every day just doing nothing than it is to go to the gym, to, to revise your diet, to stay off of coffee, to quit smoking or whatever else. You know, those things are hard. Meditation is easy. And again, it's about, just by the way, it's about not looking for a result either, right? Like knowing that the result's going to come and, and having the faith and the trust in it, sure, but, but don't go looking for anything. Because if you're doing that, you're not going to find it. And then it's just going to get frustrating and then you're going to stop doing it anyway, right? So really what it is, is, is about committing to, okay, I'm going to sit here for five minutes, no matter what happens, I'm going to sit here, no matter what goes on in my mind, no matter what I hear, no matter what I smell, as long as it's not smoke or a fire alarm, I'm going to just sit here and just allow myself to see what happens, and if we approach it like that, that's the kind of curiosity that's going to help you in this work and in every area of your life. All right, folks, I'm going to uh, pause here and I'm going to come back with another segment talking about how we can be flexible with our practice because there's a, a, a strong connection here. So give me a minute. I'll see you then.
All right, everybody, welcome back to segment number two. Of course, you folks on YouTube, <clears throat> you didn't have to do a thing. It just segment number two just started out of out of nowhere, just magically. You're welcome. <laughs> but for all of you on the podcast, thank you for joining me for segment number two. Glad to be back. Uh, hope you enjoyed the break. <laughs> um, so, so in the last segment, we talked about. Um, you know, about what happens when we do meditation, right? Like, what's the point in a way, right? And of course, I only, you know, as I said, I only covered one little sliver of the benefit of, of the the overall sphere of, of meditation benefits, right? I mean, there's like, there's untold benefits that you can get from this work. And there's, it'd be almost impossible for me to cover them all, but certainly not within a, a 15 minute segment, even a 30 minute segment could not do it. Um, so, so, but anyway, the, the, the benefit, the main benefit is, as I said in the last segment, it is about that clarity that we get. It's about really, you know, f feeling into what's happening on any given moment, at any given moment. And so, and so a lot of times, you know, and again, what I talked about last in the last segment is how, you know, the Western mind, you know, really not too into just sitting around doing nothing like this feels very, very uncomfortable for our Western mind. Right. And so, and so it's important to approach meditation practice as a practice, right? Is, you know, if we, you know, anyway, I'm sorry, what I said in the last segment is that we can approach it as something that is a, you know, almost like an aggressive, productive kind of thing, because that's what it is. You really are. It's not this, you know, sort of lazy, self-indulgent, passive thing that you're doing. It really is an exercise that is building a specific skill and a skill that will benefit you in virtually every area of your life, Right. And so, and so with all that kind of talk, it might start feeling like, okay, I got to get into this. I got to, you know, make sure I do it every single day. And, and yes, it is important to, as you start to approach the practice and try to, you know, cultivate a, a daily practice into your life, it is very important to a look at it as a daily practice and, and as a daily practice as such, you know, it's important to have some kind of structure that allows for that practice, right? And I'd like to help you out with a little bit of that, but but the most helpful thing I'm going to be is probably the last thing you think I'm going to say. So first of all, in terms of, of creating a structure <clears throat> and, and sort of creating and holding the space for your practice, right? <clears throat> it helps to have the same time every day. Not going to, there's no getting around that, right? Your body will start to acclimate to it. And even at that point, what I usually tell people, especially in the beginning is do, you know, a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes, of, you know, late morning, a few minutes, early afternoon, a few minutes, late afternoon, maybe a few minutes before bed, you know, four or five times a day, just a couple of minutes, that's going to get your body even more acclimated to it, Right. But if that's not too much, if that is too much and that's not possible for you, then I, I do recommend trying to carve out a specific time every day, okay? Now, for a lot of my uh, clients and students, you know, what, what I actually tell them to go ahead and put it in your calendar, right? Create a calendar entry that goes off every single day. So Outlook thinks that you have a meditation every day, you know, seven days a week that's called meditation, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Outlook thinks you have an appointment every day called meditation. I don't know if I said that right. Um, I got to make sure I get that dad joke in there. <laughs> My kids would be cringing. Um, 
And so, so it's, it's very, very helpful to sort of, you know, almost codify that in our lives, right? By making it a calendar entry, it's like, whoa, it's a real thing. Like, I can't just blow that off, right? And so, yes, this is all very, very helpful, but it's also very important and very helpful <clears throat> to recognize or, or to rather approach this with a level of adaptability, right? Like, like a level of forgiveness and a little bit of flexibility, right? Which is to say that it, you set the intention to do it every single day and, and put it in your calendar that every day it's 7 a.m. This is when I do my, or 7 p.m., whatever works for you. This is when I do my, even if it's two or three minutes, okay? This is when I do it every single day, right? That's very, very helpful and important as I've just illustrated, but at the same time, it is equally as important to recognize that sometimes it ain't going to happen, <laughs> right? There are days where you're going to wake up and, you know, the, the, the furnace is broken overnight or, or you got no hot water or, well, that'd be the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you know the, the microwave is, is on the fritz or, or you got a leak in the roof or your car is a, has a flat tire, you're going to wake up not feeling well. Your your family might be sick, you know. Maybe your your spouse and partner is sick and and they were supposed to take care of the kids today, but now you got to do it, <laughs> right? This is life. And that's never going to stop. I don't care how much meditation you do. <laughs> it's not going to stop. And nor should it. I mean, this is kind of <laughs> even though I just focus on all the sort of negative surprises we can have, we can also have very positive surprises, <clears throat> you know? We could wake up and our and our daughter wants to, you know, share, you know, a book report she did or something before she goes to school, right? These are the things that life is is about, right? So so, so if you if you maintain this rigidity around your practice, and then when life comes up, you're like, you know, fighting it off and say, no, I have to meditate. I can't. I got to meditate. Well, then you're just going to cause another form of suffering at that point and another form of the, the static that you're trying to relieve with the meditation. Do you see what I'm saying there? I hope you do. Because in that sense, it is very, very important to, again, Approach it with a level of flexibility, right? And, 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 but, but, you know, and even though I just described all that, what I mean by that, or the way I should maybe say it, the way I said a little more eloquently in my, you know, one and a half minute video this morning on TikTok, <coughs> pardon, pardon me, what I said there and what I'm saying here is that when we approach it as something that we know is very, very important, and we have to set the intention to do it and try to commit to that intention to do it. At the same time, if we approach it, <clears throat> pardon me, with a flexibility and an understanding that there are going to be days, maybe two or three days in a row sometimes, where we're not going to be allowed to do the practice, right? But, but approaching that with that same you know, sort of acceptance and flexibility, right? So when we see it in this sort of balance of something that must be done, but also something that it's okay if it doesn't get done, <laughs> that right there is the non-dualistic thinking that meditation helps provide us, helps us to cultivate. <laughs>
Okay, that is the essence of non-judging awareness, right? And that is the very mind that is going to keep you balanced, that is going to keep you in a place of equanimity so that you can show up for whatever is happening in your life with the same energy, the same attention, the same presence and acceptance. And so that's what it's all about, folks. <laughs> you know, that's why I call this podcast Showing Up to Life. Right? So we got to show up in that balance. We got to show up in that sort of, as they call it in the um, in Buddhism and Hinduism, they call it the third way or the middle way. Right? There's the way of, of absolute rigidity where I only do my practice at 7 a.m. every day. And then there's the, the, the mind of absolute chaos where... I don't know when I'm doing my practice. It's all over the place. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't, right? There's a place in between those two. There's a place at which those two things meld, right? In the context of like a, a yin-yang, right? Where you look at the yin-yang symbol, which is the symbol for Tai Chi, right? So it's it's actually, the traditionally, it's actually two fish, right? Two koi fish. One's black, one's white, right? And, and the eye of the black fish is white and the eye of the white fish is black. And so that is to say that even in the darkness, even in, in what we might describe as dark, there is some light. And even in the lightness, there is some dark. That is non-duality. And that is how life really works, right? Life is not cut and dry. Life is not one and zero, yes or no, on and off. That's how it works in our computers and in our phones. And maybe that's sometimes why we maybe have a tendency to, to think of life in that way. I know I used to a lot. But the true reality is that life is more of what we would call analogic or analogous. Anyway, it's, it's an analog, right? It is not uh, on or off. It is not binary. It is not digital, it is analog, where it is a, a spectral, flowing, you know, complex system that is constantly changing. That's what life is. It's not on and off. It's not 7 a.m. or bust. <laughs> but it's also not the chaos, right? It's that balance. It's that blend. It's that place where we feel that And again, that's the non-judging awareness, right? That's where we can feel into, okay, I'm stuck in traffic and I can enjoy this time, right? I can just be here with myself in this practice. I can use this practice as an opportunity to regulate myself so that when I show up late, I can actually transmit it into something or transform it rather into a positive. <clears throat> you know, maybe I can think of the best joke to tell when I show up late that will have them all laughing <laughs> so they won't be mad at me for being late. <laughs> and that's just one silly example. But the, the reality is that everything that happens to us, if we think of it as a bad thing, <laughs> well, there's things that we're getting from that, right? It's making us stronger. It's teaching us about restraint. It's teaching us about suffering. It's teaching us about something, <clears throat> right? And the same thing can be true when things are going really well. We can recognize that, hey, I feel like I'm on top of the world right now, but this is not going to last forever. So these are the actual 
essences of what this work teaches us about life. So that's why it's much more important than just, you know, sitting down for a few minutes and treating yourself to a little zen. <laughs> As a lot of people talk about meditation. As my shirt here says, meditation, it's not what you think. <laughs> All right, folks. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it helps. Uh, if you'd like some uh, tips on getting into meditation, please hit me up with an email. Uh, and if you'd like to join us for a meditation, I'm, tonight is Wednesday. Uh, and so I don't know what time you're looking at this, but uh, at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, which is nine on the East Coast, six on the West Coast, and eight in the middle. Um, we're going to be, uh, I'll be hosting my weekly um, guided meditation with a little talk afterwards. So uh, you are invited. It is free. We accept donations, but it is free. <laughs> and uh, and so please, I would love to see you there. Okay. Um, and if not, also this Saturday, I have a workshop, uh, part of the, the Art Burns Coaching Winter Workshop Series. This is week number five, I believe. Oh, no, this is week number six, I think it is. <laughs> I don't know. If it's six, it's halfway done. Oh, my gosh, look at that. Um, but we're not looking at, at that. We're just noticing that this is the week that we're talking about forgiveness. And that's what you want to hear about. Trust me, folks. You want to hear what I have to say about forgiveness because it might change everything you've ever thought about forgiveness the way it did me. All right. So hope we can make it. Hope you can make it. Hope I can see you. And uh, I wish you well. Take care, everybody. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment number two. Of course, you folks on YouTube, <clears throat> you didn't have to do a thing. It just segment number two just started out of out of nowhere, just magically. You're welcome. <laughs> but for all of you on the podcast, thank you for joining me for segment number two. Glad to be back. Uh, hope you enjoyed the break. <laughs> um, so, so in the last segment, we talked about. Um, you know, about what happens when we do meditation, right? Like, what's the point in a way, right? And of course, I only, you know, as I said, I only covered one little sliver of the benefit of, of the the overall sphere of, of meditation benefits, right? I mean, there's like, there's untold benefits that you can get from this work. And there's, it'd be almost impossible for me to cover them all, but certainly not within a 15-minute a segment. Even a 30-minute segment could not do it. Um so, so, but anyway, the, the, the benefit, the main benefit is, as I said in the last segment, it is about that clarity that we get. It's about really, you know, f feeling into what's happening on any given moment, at any given moment. And so, and so a lot of times, you know, and again, what I talked about last in the last segment is how, you know, the Western mind, you know, really not too into just sitting around doing nothing. Like this feels very, very uncomfortable for our Western mind, right? And so, and so it's important to approach meditation practice as a practice, right? Is, you know, if we, you know, anyway, I'm sorry, what I said in the last segment is that we can approach it as something that is a, you know, almost like an aggressive, productive kind of thing, because that's what it is. You really are. It's not this, you know, sort of lazy, self-indulgent, passive thing that you're doing. It really is an exercise that is building a specific skill and a skill that will benefit you in virtually every area of your life, Right. 
And so, and so with all that kind of talk, it might start feeling like, okay, I got to get into this. I got to, you know, make sure I do it every single day. And, and yes, it is important to, as you start to approach the practice and try to, you know, cultivate a, a daily practice into your life, it is very important to a look at it as a daily practice and, and as a daily practice as such, you know, it's important to have some kind of structure that allows for that practice, right? I'd like to help you out with a little bit of that, but, but the most helpful thing I'm going to be is probably the last thing you think I'm going to say. So first of all, in terms of, of creating a structure and, and sort of creating and holding the space for your practice, right? It helps to have the same time every day. Not gonna, there's no getting around that, right? Your body will start to acclimate to it. And even at that point, what I usually tell people, especially in the beginning, is do, you know, a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes of, you know, late morning, a few minutes early afternoon, a few minutes late afternoon, maybe a few minutes before bed, you know, four or five times a day, just a couple of minutes. That's gonna get your body even more acclimated to it, right? But if that's not too much, if that is too much and that's not possible for you, then I, I do recommend trying to carve out a specific time every day, okay? Now, for a lot of my uh, clients and students, you know, what, what I actually tell them to go ahead and put it in your calendar, right? Create a calendar entry that goes off every single day. So Outlook thinks that you have a meditation every day, you know, seven days a week that's called meditation, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Outlook thinks you have an appointment every day called meditation. I don't know if I said that right. Um, I got to make sure I get that dad joke in there. <laughs> My kids would be cringing. Um, <laughs> and so so it's, it's very, very helpful to sort of, you know, almost codify that in our lives, right? By making it a calendar entry, it's like, whoa, it's a real thing. Like, I can't just blow that off, right? And so, yes, this is all very, very helpful, but it's also very important and very helpful <clears throat> to recognize or or to rather approach this with a level of adaptability right like like a level of forgiveness and a little bit of flexibility right which is to say that Set the intention to do it every single day and, and put it in your calendar that every day it's 7 a.m. This is when I do my, or 7 p.m., whatever works for you. This is when I do my, even if it's two or three minutes, okay? This is when I do it every single day, right? That's very, very helpful and important as I've just illustrated. But at the same time, it is equally as important to recognize that sometimes it ain't going to happen, <laughs> Right. There are days where you're going to wake up and, you know, the, the, the furnace is broken overnight or or you got no hot water or well, that's be the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, you you know, the, the microwave is is on the fritz or, or you got a leak in the roof or your car is a has a flat tire. You're going to wake up not feeling well. Your, your family might be sick. You know, maybe your, your spouse and partner is sick and, and they were supposed to take care of the kids today, but now you got to do it, <laughs> right? This is life. And that's never going to stop. I don't care how much meditation you do. <laughs> it's not going to stop. And nor should it. I mean, this is kind of, <laughs> even though I just focus on all the sort of negative surprises we can have, we can also have very positive surprises, <clears throat> you know? 
We could wake up and our and our daughter wants to, you know, share, you know, a book report she did or something before she goes to school. Right? These are the things that life is is about, right? So so, so if you if you maintain this rigidity around your practice, and then when life comes up, you're like, you know, fighting it off and say, no, I have to meditate. I can't, I gotta meditate. Well, then you're just going to cause another form of suffering at that point and another form of the, the static that you're trying to relieve with the meditation. Do you see what I'm saying there? I hope you do. Because in that sense, it is very, very important to, again, approach it with a level of flexibility, right? And, 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 but, but, you know, and even though I just described all that, what I mean by that, or the way I should maybe say it, the way I said a little more eloquently in my, you know, one and a half minute video this morning on TikTok, <coughs> pardon, pardon me, what I said there and what I'm saying here is that when we approach it as something that we know is very, very important, and we have to set the intention to do it and try to commit to that intention to do it. At the same time, if we approach it, <clears throat> pardon me, with a flexibility and an understanding that there are going to be days, maybe two or three days in a row sometimes, where we're not going to be allowed to do the practice, right? But, but approaching that with that same you know, sort of acceptance and flexibility, right? So when we see it in this sort of balance of something that must be done, but also something that it's okay if it doesn't get done, <laughs> that right there is the non-dualistic thinking that meditation helps provide us, helps us to cultivate. Okay, that is the essence of non-judging awareness, right? And that is the very mind... <laughs> that is gonna keep you balanced, that is gonna keep you in a place of equanimity so that you can show up for whatever's happening in your life with the same energy, the same attention, the same presence and acceptance. And so that's what it's all about, folks. <laughs> you know, that's why I call this podcast Showing Up to Life, right? So we gotta show up in that balance. We got to show up in that sort of, as they call it in the, um, in Buddhism and Hinduism, they call it the third way or the middle way, right? There's the way of, of absolute rigidity where I only do my practice at 7 a.m. every day. And then there's the, the, the mind of absolute chaos where I don't know when I'm doing my practice. It's all over the place. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I don't, right? There's a place in between those two. There's a place at which those two things meld, right? In the context of like a, a yin-yang, right? Where you look at the yin-yang symbol, which is the symbol for Tai Chi, right? So it's, it's actually, the, traditionally, it's actually two fish, right? Two koi fish. One's black, one's white, right? And, and the eye of the black fish is white, and the eye of the white fish is black, and so that is to say that even in the darkness, even in, in what we might describe as dark, there is some light. And even in the lightness, there is some dark. That is non-duality. And that is how life really works, right? Life is not cut and dry. Life is not one and zero, yes or no, on and off. 
That's how it works in our computers and in our phones. And maybe that's sometimes why we maybe have a tendency to, to think of life in that way. I know I used to a lot. But the true reality is that life is more of what we would call analogic or analogous. Anyway, it's, it's an analog, right? It is not uh, on or off. It is not binary. It is not digital. It is analog, where it is a, a spectral, flowing, you know, complex system that is constantly changing. That's what life is. It's not on and off. It's not 7 a.m. or bust. <laughs> but it's also not the chaos, right? It's that balance. It's that blend. It's that place where we feel that, and again, that's the non-judging awareness, right? That's where we can feel into, okay, I'm stuck in traffic, and I can enjoy this time, right? I can just be here with myself in this practice. I can use this practice as an opportunity to regulate myself so that when I show up late, I can actually transmit it into something, or transform it, rather, into a positive. <clears throat> you know, maybe I can think of the best joke to tell when I show up late that will have them all laughing <laughs> so they won't be mad at me for being late. <laughs> and that's just one silly example. But the, the reality is that everything that happens to us, if we think of it as a bad thing, <laughs> well, there's things that we're getting from that, right? It's making us stronger. It's teaching us about restraint. It's teaching us about suffering. It's teaching us about something, <clears throat> right? And the same thing can be true when things are going really well. We can recognize that, hey, I feel like I'm on top of the world right now, but this is not going to last forever. So these are the actual essences of what this work teaches us about life. So that's why it's much more important than just, you know, sitting down for a few minutes and treating yourself to a little zen. <laughs> As a lot of people talk about meditation. As my shirt here says, meditation, it's not what you think. <laughs> All right, folks. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it helps. Uh, if you'd like some uh, tips on getting into meditation, please hit me up with an email. Uh, and if you'd like to join us for a meditation, I'm, tonight is Wednesday. Uh, and so I don't know what time you're looking at this, but uh, at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, which is 9 on the East Coast, 6 on the West Coast, and eight in the middle. Um, we're going to be, uh, I'll be hosting my weekly um, guided meditation with a little talk afterwards. So uh, you are invited. It is free. We accept donations, but it is free. <laughs> and uh, and so please, I would love to see you there. Okay. Um, and if not, also this Saturday, I have a workshop, uh, part of the, the Art Burns Coaching Winter Workshop Series. This is week number... Five, I believe. Oh, no, this is week number six, I think it is. <laughs> I don't know. If it's six, it's halfway done. Oh, my gosh, look at that. Um, but we're not looking at, at that. We're just noticing that this is the week that we're talking about forgiveness. And that's what you want to hear about. Trust me, folks. You want to hear what I have to say about forgiveness. Because it might change everything you've ever thought about forgiveness the way it did me. All right. So hope we can make it. Hope you can make it. Hope I can see you. And uh, I wish you well. Take care, everybody.